everyone. Hope you're all doing well. So we're joined today by a very special guest and friend, Josh Williamson, on the Insights Frank podcast. We're actually out at the moment in Stormont on probably one of the best days of the year and trying not to get a farmer's tan. Josh is in a tank top and I've got a t-shirt rolled up. So <laughs> we're in the right place for to do this as opposed to sitting inside and through a Zoom call. It's actually really good to do it in person. So for those of you who obviously don't know Josh, the introduction to him in itself, performance nutritionist, lectures in universities, coaches, athletes all over the world, and ultimately walks the walk himself with his own training and everything else alongside it. But Josh can obviously introduce himself. But Josh, just a massive thank you for obviously taking the time out of your day. We've just post-session as well, so we're both a little bit sweaty from that, and we've had a great session there. But other than that, today we're going to be talking about adaptable nutrition with an expert in performance nutrition, which is Josh. And first and foremost, Josh, just if you give a brief, quick introduction summary to you for the listeners Obviously, don't understand who you are, big man. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Matthew, for the opportunity just to meet up, have a bit of food, have a bit of training, and give some sort of content or value to your, your following. But to give you a background about myself, I think most people know me as a performance nutritionist and work with mainly athletes at this stage, but still do have the gen pop there who just want to look better naked. That's why I was always describe it. But more so recently, it's actually getting to the why as to why people actually want to change or the physique and i think a lot of times what we delve into is people think that it's the scale we want to change or they want to have the abs and they think that that's going to bring a number of different things when that's rarely the case in a lot of instances but as you said my other sort of career path is a lecture in university i do some research alongside it and I do a number of different modules, which could be clinical physiology, sports nutrition, it could be metabolism. So it's all within that area. It's all very much biological, physiological based. And I do, of course, do the sports nutrition, both in university and privately. Hopefully that gives people a good insight to just who I am and what content I sort of deliver to people. 100%. And it's a man who's in great shape himself. He doesn't just tell people to do it. He does it himself. So overall, when it comes to the start, I want to go with this, Josh, because it is definitely something that when you came into my members and delivered this live training around adaptable nutrition and actually just letting people know what is the difference between, obviously, what they did maybe when they were younger in a different phase of their life compared to what maybe needs now and how you can adapt your nutrition to match the demands of your lifestyle, your goals, the chains, and also your preferences time scales and everything else so even if we talk around the pendulum approach to that and the fluidity between all of those yeah yeah so i think it's important to sort of set out people's why they want to change you know it's a lot of the times it's very very superficial that i want to look better or i want to perform better and that's good for a basis but we need to sort of delve a little bit deeper and i sort of refer to it as the six pillars of health or sometimes just refer to it as the deep health but when it comes to your life our life isn't static, it's very, very dynamic. Um, I've just had a new baby boy, you're looking after Burr. <laughs> we all have different parts of our life where we just have different demands. And sometimes I think that we have to be so dogmatic about our thinking that, oh, I have to track calories, or I have to be on a ketogenic diet, or I have to eat mindfully. And as opposed to seeing them as camps that are against each other, we need to see it as a more fluid approach where we choose based on what our life requires. And so the way that I always explain dietary systems to people is it's just like a dimmer switch in your home. 
some people might have a Philips Hue now where you can slide it up and down on your app, or it might just be a dimmer switch standard on the wall. And at one extreme, you've got the light completely off. On the other extreme, you've got the light fully on. And you can set it anywhere in between, depending on what the room demands. And it's the same thing when it comes to nutrition. What does your life demand at that time? Are you wanting to do a photo shoot? Then fantastic. There's probably an approach that's going to be more suitable to that than something else. But let's say for most of us, we maybe achieved weight loss we want. We don't want to be on our phone. We don't want to be glued to MyFitnessPal or any other sort of app. We don't want to be tracking weight all the time. We want a more weight-neutral approach. So something like maybe portion control might be good initially before we build in mindful eating or intuitive eating. If you've got someone wanting to do a photo shoot a physique competition, then it probably is going to be something like a meal plan or something like my fitness pal. But the question always is, is what happens after the diet ends? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you live your life? Do you really want to be sitting on my fitness pal for the rest of your life, weighing out your food? Or do you want to still maintain your results and keep them long-term, which is obviously the goal? Because you just don't want to achieve results with Maddie and then gain weight back again and have to do it all over again. So we need to have an adaptive approach to nutrition, which is why I say either the pendulum or the light switch, we just switch it to whatever life demands. So it might mean doing a certain approach for a certain period of time, whether it's tracking macros, and then we transition to something else that's more suitable for that time in our life. 100%, love that approach. And it's so a simple way of looking at things, but when you're younger, especially when I started off, and you think that there's only one way to get in shape because you identify the reason behind why you're in shape at that point because you associate it with a certain way of nutrition, like tracking or meal plans, and you feel like that's the only way for that to happen again. And it's good to have a, a fluid approach to it because... There's so many changes in people's lifestyle and maybe somebody compares themselves to their work ethic at 19 and 20 years old and they're maybe 26, 27 now. They've got a family, they've got careers, you know, they've got different priorities that they can't necessarily meal prep, they can't, you know, count their macros in absolute tea like they did when they had more free time. And as a result of that, they maybe compare themselves to what they did at 19 and 20, but they have to realize that they're a different person with a different environment and different scenario. And as a result, they need to have a different approach with their nutrition that suits them at that point. So even going through the actual the not necessarily extreme but the most specific to the least specific way of tracking compared to obviously meal plans right through to intuitive eating if you run us through that josh for people listening for the different stages as such yeah so i say at one extreme say the lights completely off that could be specific meal plans and, and meal plans work in some scenarios for a lot of people it's going to be working in maybe specific conditions so for example someone with ibs or ibd is probably going to need some sort of specific diet plan uh, you do see a lot of it in boot camp type stuff. You do see a lot of it in uh, that type of environment where it's stick with a set diet for six weeks. It'll work, it'll be fine, but we don't really learn much from it. So that's probably that extreme. The next one is probably then tracking each individual macro. So looking at your proteins, your carbohydrates, your fats. And obviously that's, that's a very popular approach for a lot of people now, but it is a, a lot of attention. It's a lot of... Um, reliance on either weighing food it's a lot of control it's a lot of restriction from that then we have maybe just tracking protein and total calories so again we all know the importance of protein if we try and hit that figure across the day and just make sure that we're hitting our calories we got a little bit more flexibility there and then obviously after that it's just tracking total calories so not necessarily worrying about the protein content it's just more about here's the total calories a little bit more le- or a little bit more flexible from that is probably using some sort of portion control method then. 
And so the ways that I typically do is either using your hand for different portion sizes of different macros or just simple plate control. So a quarter of your plate for carbohydrates, for example, half your plate for carbohydrates, depending on the goal of the individual. And then the most sort of flexible is something like intuitive eating or mindful eating. And all of those approaches work for every single goal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't come with pros and cons. So for example, intuitive eating promotes autonomy of choice, but it is going to be less accurate than those other ones towards the other end of the spectrum. Something like meal plans is obviously very, very restrictive. People can become over-dependent on them. People can become very uh, disassociated with their emotions around it and their emotional eating, their behaviors and their attitudes. So it's not necessarily, again, that we have to be dogmatic that we choose one. It's what suits at that current time, and then we can switch between them, mm-hmm. depending on what's more appropriate for us. I understand. Even for somebody hearing that for maybe the first time, that somebody's been doing it for maybe four or five years, they've been just having one specific way, you know, think about that approach and think about what you're actually doing now with your lifestyle and ask yourself, is it actually complementing it or are you just basically trying to fit yourself around something that you previously tried that worked yeah. that no longer does? So it's just to give that perspective shift. Also, I'd love to touch on, Josh, because you came into the program, you talked about the six pillars of health and I feel like this was a massive take home for a lot of the members within the group and including myself as well. Talking about not just the physical and the mental side of health, but Everything is a pillar from the six aspects to it. And if you run through, obviously, the listeners to that, what they are and basically just how to go about improving those areas in a simple way. Yeah, so this is one of the things that I've been doing with a lot of my clients recently and we've spoke about it quite a few times now. And again, it comes back to that question, what's our goal? And typically everyone's going to say that it's going to be physical related. I want to lose weight. I want to get healthier. I want to get into that dress. So it's all sort of related to your physical health. And I asked your members, you know, what is what is, what does health mean to you? And everyone sort of gives something that was physical. Mm-hmm. You had a couple of people touching on mental side of things, and over the last year, it's you know unsurprising that people are talking about mental health more. But that's only the sort of the two pillars that we talk about. We also need to look at the social side of things, the environmental health, the emotional health, the spiritual health, and to me, the collection of those is what is health. And when people start a diet or start some sort of training program, they almost neglect every other area of their life or every other health pillar just for their physical health. And so you'll know yourself probably in the past, even you, because I know I've done it, mm-hmm. where you've been invited to a social occasion. <laughs> and it gives you a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, because you feel that you might go out of control, you can't control the environment, you're on a fat loss phase, you know, Either I can't control it, or I know if I do have something, I'm going to binge on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we say it's easier just not to go, and we make up some excuse not to do that social occasion. And so even already there, you're neglecting your social health in favor because you think that having abs is going to bring you happiness or whatever, mm-hmm. which obviously ties into the emotional side of things also, because our emotional response to dieting, to training, you know, can be positive or negatively affected. Now we all think that training is going to be very positive for us but not if it's at the expense of any of the other pillars of health. So things that I always say is like, if you're overly obsessive with tracking calories for too long, if you're chronically dieting, if you believe certain foods are good or bad, or if you label certain foods, um, any other sort of behavioral or attitudinal red flags, like that body checking a lot, for example, being overly obsessed about your weight, all of these here are red flags to me that maybe the emotional health isn't where it should be. So when I'm talking to people now, it's, 
we all know that weight loss isn't linear. You're not going to lose weight every single week. And life does change. So let's say now you came to me and you said, listen, Josh, I didn't lose any weight this week. I had a barbecue because the weather was really good. Um, met up with some friends, had a beer or two. Fantastic. And like, well, that's absolutely brilliant. Like, weight is maintained. Like, people think that weight maintenance is a failure, but if we think about it, around 90% of diets fail, and most people gain weight back within two years, that maintenance is a goal. Maintenance is a really, really positive thing. So if you're able to still maintain your current progress, but you also went out and you engaged with family and friends, you enjoyed some food, you know, food and food and drink is a very, very social thing. You know, there's people sitting here beside us having a barbecue. You, know, you get up in the morning, you maybe have food with your family, you have a family dinner. You know, food is a very social thing. And to neglect that, sometimes we unhealthily neglect those aspects in favor of just trying to look better or perform better. And other things like I try to get to, like things like spiritual health, it's not necessarily that we're looking at religious spirit, you know, spirituality here. It's just about even being reflective of how do your week go. A lot of people just don't reflect on their week. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to like this type of aspect, you know, how do you feel you made your nutrition choices this week? Did you feel that they fitted in well with your values or your beliefs? So even though you maybe went out and you went to a barbecue, did you make good decisions? Did they align with your current beliefs or values or principles? And if that's a yes, then that's a positive. So even though you didn't lose weight, we're still ticking the other boxes here that we want, you know? Um, environmental health, did you spend some time out in nature? Have you got a place? I know you're doing a lot of running now. Mm -hmm. Going out running, do you enjoy getting out there? Do you enjoy clearing the head? Does it make you feel happy? That's all environmental health. So when we take a step back and realize, well, am I getting healthier? Am I improving my overall health? That is a lot more holistic or wholesome than just weight dropping every week. Yep. That I'm able to be social. My weight is maintaining. I'm performing well in the gym. I'm also spending some time out in nature with friends, whatever. I'm being reflective across my week. Maybe you do some meditating. Maybe you have a journal. All of that is ticking all the right boxes for us. And if we're doing that in emotionally you know, where we have a good capacity for emotional responses. And again, that's that's perfect. But sometimes people neglect all those just because I'm going to do whatever it takes. And they often go to extreme responses or extremes to actually try and drop their body weight. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes unhealthy, I think. 100%. Man. I feel like within the fitness industry now at the moment, there is a shift happening where it's not just going to the aesthetic side of things more there is a lot more on the mental health side there's a lot more people understanding health as a whole as opposed to just how you look and it's about how you feel how you perform you know your relationships with other people and even if this gives somebody when they listen to it a little bit of a perspective shift quite like the ways you can go with your adoptable nutrition to look at health as opposed to just how you look every day yeah. how you might feel you know, your fitness levels your relationships with other people your environment and as a result of that, you'll find progress on a weekly basis as opposed to just searching for scale weight before and after photo or a measurement, which is the old school way of doing things as such. And that's yeah. why a lot of people, don't get me wrong, it's a great measure of progress, particularly for somebody who's very close to a goal like a photo shoot or wants to get in shape for a holiday and they really want to push the boat out. But for the majority of people, year round, maintenance is an actual goal. It is an actual goal to enjoy social events, to have 
fun with family and friends, not feel guilty about it, and still maintain a work-life training balance that doesn't necessarily take away from the other pillars of health, which I love. So I would love to then touch on, Josh, a little bit about when people obviously get into nutrition and you know we both had our own journeys you know we started off i started off about 1920 as such with men's physique and then got into that structured diet plan approach macros calories and all that and i would love to hear your biggest learning curves from doing things back in the day compared to now having a bit of perspective shift on what yeah. you know now compared to what you did back in the day and for me personally it would be probably post post goal so it would be when you achieve the goal that you want with your nutrition you get down to a certain body fat that i wanted to within the men's physique show and then you're just sort of like now what and you don't have a reverse strategy there was at the time the coach that i was with when i was 20 didn't give me that reverse strategy and as a result that caused me to have issues with food yep. how i found calorie counting even you know eating secretly and stuff because i didn't want to be that guy who was eating chocolate when it was meant to be on stage and all that stuff so there is parts of it where i would remove the the dad prep and look at it from a journey even after that as well so having the approach leading into it and you learn so much about it but then also after the dad prep is just as important to get homeostasis and basically get things back in order as normal and not holding yourself the same extreme that you once did that's probably one of mine would be one of yours yeah no that's fantastic i think i on a physique show way back in the day as well so i can totally relate to all that and I, I see it now and i see it happening now with young people doing the exact same thing and you just know what's coming now but at the time you didn't because at the time you're so focused on that goal that you just don't know what's coming after that and same as yourself eating in secret it was always in the bedroom mm -hmm. sometimes driving to a 24-hour tesco to get yeah, food yeah. did that <laughs> you know feeling bad for it yes thinking that you're going to compensate with exercise or trying to be more restrictive so it's i can totally relate to all that but to try and touch on maybe a different one um i think that you know what is the approach after the diet what happens after the diet ends is one that i think a lot of people sort of need to hear because you know we deal with people every day who want to lose weight and people have always had an issue with weight management they'll go to weight watchers and it works while they're there and then after they go back to the set of normal eating and then the weekend's back on again so they go back to the place that worked the first time mm -hmm. and this is why people get bought so so emotionally into certain dietary systems whether it's if someone say it was atkins for a very long time you know, maybe 15 20 years ago that atkins you know, completely changed my weight loss slimming world some people have tried every diet and then they try keto and they've got weight loss from it so they're like no, this is the only way that works and they become so emotionally attached to that diet and i think it is being open to certainly as i've sort of matured more it's being aware that these things are all tools and if we just see everything as a meal and we're a hammer you know that's just not the way it works because you're just going to try and force uh, a square block into a circle hole <laughs> you know it just doesn't work so it's realizing that we have all these different tools in our toolbox and depending on what's required is what we actually choose. So for us, both in a physique show years ago, you know, meal plan and macros was probably very, very good. But then after that, how do we get back to some sort of normality? Because you can't stay stage lean for the rest of your life. Um, and as you said, reverse diet and reverse strategies have only really become popular in the last five, 10 years. 
So a lot of coaches back then didn't even do it. It was just like after the show, go and binge. Donate. Like I, I remember my coach at the time saying, "I want you to have a takeaway every day for a week." Wow. You know, and it's probably what he did, and then he's just yeah, passed it along. But it was. I remember gaining maybe twenty pounds in a week after wow. the show. Wow! So you do these things, and your body just is like, "Nope, I'm going to get back to normality here," mm-hmm. and the weight comes on very, very quickly. But having some sort of transition, not necessarily going from tracking calories or some sort of meal plan, right the other extreme of just go and eat whatever you want, eat intuitively. Because again, like you wouldn't tell an alcoholic, just listen to your body. You know, you go and drink whatever you feel right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same when we get when we get ultra lean and when we get uh, if we're obese, them signals just aren't there with regards to food. If you're ultra lean, you say to someone, just eat whatever you want. Your, body, your body's craving that food. You know, it's the same when we're obese. There's a lot of different signals physiologically. We know that fat, we just thought, well, fat's just a, a storage place for over you know, overconsumption of calories, but it's actually an endocrine organ. It's, it secretes different things into our body. So our hunger signals are maybe not where they should be. Our appetite, same, our fullness, our satiety. And then you have the emotional and mental side of things. So we can't just say, Go from tracking calories to mm-hmm. intuitive eating, yeah. mindful eating. We have to sort of gradually transition, which mm-hmm. is why I always talk about this sort of light switch or this pendulum. It's yep. right, maybe after the show, just go to having sort of three, four regular meals per day. Maybe track your calories. Maybe have some sort of portion control and think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And then we can sort of slowly transition back out as your body becomes a bit more normal or and back into homeostasis. 100%. That's one thing that I've even got a client photo shoot this Friday and I've already educated it and let him know what's going to be happening the week after as opposed to just being a week of just madness, which, you know, I had myself back in the day. But you realize, I think from us being coaches, to go through that as clients and people, that's what makes you a better coach because you've got that perspective of what happens if you do it wrongly. And then also how to go about things a little bit better for long-term success with your physique so you don't just rebound coming out of the back of that really. Probably another thing for me um, would be when it comes to nutrition, it would probably be quite similar to what you said. One approach works and, you know, not getting too emotionally attached to that. But alongside that would be in relation to getting lean. Like when I was young, like I wanted to get abs, I wanted muscle, I wanted all that. And as a result, you realize when you get that lean, how unsustainable it is, but also how, how much you feel like shit. You know, yeah. when it comes down to the physique side of things, nothing wrong with people have personal goals. Even me, I'll probably go and do a photo shoot again and all that stuff. But when it comes down to the physique side of things, if you're a young lad listening to this and you realize that I really, 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 really want to get lean, just understand and pre-frame it with what can happen as a result of that. Social events you'll have to miss. Your energy levels will drop massively. Your strength in the gym will go down. Nobody really told me any of this at the start. I was yeah. just going through it and going, what's happening with all these areas of my life? Yeah. As a result of going all in with one, and of course, if you want to go to the highest level within a sport like maybe bodybuilding or men's physique, you have to devote your entire life to it, I suppose. But if you want to do it as a personal goal, just realize to give yourself a little bit longer. Get a coach in place that maybe educates you along the way and especially gives you a perspective that you wouldn't have yourself with real life experience. Yeah. And as a result of that, you're going to obviously fast track your progress. And just make sure the coach is you because the ones that I did back in the day didn't really educate me around those areas. 
and it just led to me learning the hard way and i suppose that's what makes us better coaches today because you go through all that shit like so for me the second point would probably be in a nutshell it would be if you want to get lean just realize what comes along with it and it's not going to fulfill you in other areas of your life that you may be lacking like confidence and self-esteem and all those areas you know yeah well, i think it, you're touching the on the head it's almost it's informed choice you know and people often choose these goals because again they're seeking some sort of external goal which is again finding out clients beliefs or values for their wife for doing certain things because people maybe want to do a photo shoot because a lot of people think it's going to bring them likes or some sort of social validation followers on social media um they might think that it's going to attract the opposite sex that if i get skinnier which, which does happen like people lose weight and what's the first thing you say oh Philip, you look you look great mm-hmm. so now you've just reinforced that that person's body is more important than yeah maybe the other parts have, that have changed them which isn't obviously good. And that's a whole different topic of jumping into yeah. stigma and weight neutral approaches and should they be complimenting weight loss. But I think it's all down to whatever you whatever your goal is, it's having the informed choice of here's what's gonna happen to your body as a result of maybe getting super lean. Here's what's gonna happen your lifestyle from trying to get super lean and what's the good and bad things from it. And here's what's gonna happen after that process ends because again it's just not a bounce straight back because you may be you may have some disordered behavior attitudes towards training or nutrition or anything else and so we have to be aware we have to have a coach who can give us that guidance and say listen here's my experience here's maybe what the evidence says here's what you're probably going to find personally and we'll just try and tackle this as best we can but if you want to do a photo shoot or you want to do a competition you just need to be aware and be informed of the potential benefits and potential risks with that mm-hmm. because most people just see instagram they're like i want to try that yeah i, I want to do a photo shoot it's behind the scenes what happens really yeah, yeah because again instagram is a highlight reel it's not the day-to-day 100%. it's not what happens um and people rarely post their, their bad days 100 like even me and prep maybe i don't know if you had this like but there was just times where i just randomly just was breaking down and in, in, in a stage where I was like, what the hell is happening with myself? Why do I feel this way? It was just the trigger yeah. of sadness every now and then. It was because my hormones were all over the place because it was yeah. dating for a prolonged period of time. And you're learning all them things as you go through it. So that's why, in my personal experience, having an actual coach who can educate you and pre-frame all that to give you the empowerment to make the choice whether you want to do it. And of course, it's a great personal goal. I would never take it back because I'm glad that it's happened yeah. and you went yeah. through it. But it's just a case of if you pre-frame it better, you can plan for it better. And as a result, you won't get the same maybe you know distorted eating or potential behavior changes that you might have as yeah. a result of going through those things that you didn't expect and you had to face head on so the last thing then um in relation to nutrition quite like we talked about in the adaptable nutrition would love to sort of touch on the training side of things with that and for me personally it is just one of the things i've learned from a young age you don't necessarily have to fit a certain way of training quite like nutrition for the rest of your actual fitness journey you don't have to be doing the same training program the same training approach for the rest of your journey especially if it's something that you maybe lost motivation with at the end of the day if you're a stronger fitter more you know mobile flexible approach to yourself compared to what you once were that's an improvement in itself so for me it would be with training it would be not necessarily looking at right when i did bodybuilding at a young age i have to train that way now because that's the only way that i can and it would be more like you can try powerlifting, you can try running, you can try, if you wanted to, CrossFit, all different areas. Because they're all different aspects of fitness, I suppose. So that would be my third one. Just basically saying you don't have to have the same approach to training quite like the way you would with nutrition for the rest of your journey. Yeah, big time. And even I myself, like, 
for for years. Well, I was uh, I was an athlete for years, uh, sprinter, um, done really well nationally, and then come out of that. And again, like most young 17, 18, 19 year olds, found the gym, thought that having abs and having a big chest is going <laughs> to get the girls, and didn't really. You just got more guys coming. Yeah, you get more guys coming. <laughs> made looking great, and. Uh, but like as you say, I don't regret it. Like, that's what I wanted at that time. Yeah, and I still really love. Like we just passed at a really good session. Um, so bodybuilding type training or hypertrophy based training is still a massive part of my life. But also, I appreciate being able to go out for a run and be able to do six or seven or eight mile if I want. You know, I was sick of walking up the stairs and being out of breath. Yeah, you know. And I think when you get a wee bit older, you just sort of appreciate that there's more experiences out there mm-hmm. like you you playing tennis now yeah. really enjoying it i enjoy going for a run the same if i have a client who says to me like but josh i'm a rower how do i get my nutrition in or i had a client who was uh, a trail runner and i was like well why can't you just follow this you know surely i just came out of my qualifications within university you should be able to follow the textbooks you're telling you mm. and you realize well no because real life doesn't always exactly. tie into what textbooks are so it's like Okay, well, I'm going to try this sport for a couple of weeks and see what are the limitations here. What are the actual practical and logistic things that I need to take into consideration for my athletes? And so you're just not afraid to actually try different things when it comes to your training. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. I have to say, like all those three tips as well as the adaptable and the stress and the pillars of health. Like this podcast, I've no doubt if you've listened to it, you've got a lot of value from it. So, George, again, thank you for spending the time on this beautiful day. It's unbelievable to be doing this outside. This is my first podcast that I've actually did outside of Zoom, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, just overall, I have to say, if you enjoyed this, please let me know, let Josh know, tag us on Instagram, Josh Williamson, just on Instagram, if I'm correct, Dr. Josh Williamson. Dr. Josh Williamson yeah. And then for me, the Inside Strength Coach, if you find it helpful, let us know your biggest takeaway from it. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. Hopefully you got a good bit of value out of it, because I know obviously just us chatting, we really enjoyed it as well. So thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.